0: And I'm going to call this meeting to order Welcome to the city of Iowa City formal meeting for April 19th, 2022. I'm going to start with roll call, please
1: Alter here Burgess here Harmson here Taylor here Teague here Thomas here Weiner
2: here
0: All right, welcome to everyone that is present back in our City Hall has been since March of 2020 since we've been here. So welcome back to your city hall. Happy to see you here. And for those that are online, um, let's see. Welcome. All right. The item number two is proclamations. 2A is Arbor Day. And I'm going to switch to 2B and I'm going to have our city clerk bring me Arbor Day. Please. (laughs) 2B is Housing Trust Fund Week. Whereas the Housing Trust Fund of Johnson County was founded in 2004. And whereas for 18 years the Housing Trust Fund of Johnson County has been creating and preserving housing that is affordable And whereas the housing trust fund of Johnson County has committed more than $12 million for housing that is affordable and whereas more than 1000 units of housing that is affordable has been created and preserved for residents of Johnson County by the housing trust fund. And whereas the city of Iowa City has provided a substantial amount of the funding for the work accomplished by the housing trust fund of Johnson County. Now, whereas the Housing Trust Fund's Affordable Housing Highlights Program will take place on Friday, April 22nd at noon via Zoom and Facebook Live, hosted by the Johnson County Affordable Housing Coalition, and will be recorded for viewing on the Housing Trust Fund of Johns County's Facebook page. Now, therefore, I, Bruce Teague, Mayor of Iowa City, do hereby proclaim April 22nd to April 28th, 2022, to be housing trust fund week in Iowa city and encourage residents to learn more about the housing trust fund of Johnson County and their mission to promote and support housing that is affordable. And here to accept this proclamation is the executive director of the housing trust fund of Johnson County, Alan McCabe.
3: there we go good evening evening. on behalf of the housing trust fund of johnson county thank you for the proclamation for housing trust fund week 2022. oops why don't i have a full screen that's interesting okay well the housing trust fund as you mentioned was founded 18 years ago and our mission is to promote and support housing that is affordable in johnson county We apply for and secure funding from a variety of sources. We then go about recruiting applications to preserve and create affordable housing. We offer training programs on how to apply and how to comply with the income qualification um, requirements necessary uh, to to, um, receive the funding from the trust fund. We have a dedicated group of volunteers who evaluate applications for funding and make recommendations to the Board of Directors. The Trust Fund is fortunate to have your Assistant City Manager and my Assistant City Manager as a resident of Iowa City, Rachel Kilberg, serving on the Board. The Trust Fund then extends offers to applicants in the forms of grants and loans to create and preserve housing that is affordable for people with low incomes. This past year, the trust fund awarded $2.15 million. That investment is expected to leverage an additional almost $17 million for housing that is affordable within Iowa City. $1 invested by the trust fund yields a return of $8 and we find that this is a typical return on investment year over year. This next slide illustrates the eight awards extended this past year. As it turned out, all projects were within the City of Iowa City. Pandemic aside, eight awards ties for the most awards in a single year back in 2016. 72 households and 70 people per night in shelter will benefit from the funding awarded this past year. In the current fiscal year, we have awarded $1.47 million to date with three quarters of the year behind us, which will assist 64 households plus 70 people in the DVIP shelter each night for the next 40 years. We anticipate awarding a total of $2 million again this year to create and preserve housing that is affordable before June 30th, which is the end of our fiscal year. Your support makes this possible and makes it possible for the housing trust fund to operate its revolving loan fund to support housing for people with low incomes. We hope that people interested in the critical need for affordable housing will go to the Trust Fund's webpage and Facebook page to learn more about our work. And we invite everyone to attend the Affordable Housing Highlights Program on Friday, April 22nd at noon, hosted by the Affordable Housing Coalition on Zoom and Facebook Live. Thank you for your dedication to affordable housing and for the proclamation for housing trust fund week 2022
0: thank you so much item 2a is arbor day whereas the coming of spring produces a n- renewal of interest in tree planting for beauty shade conservation and many other purposes beneficial to all people. And whereas the observation of Arbor Day has long been characterized by the planting and preservation of trees, and whereas trees in Iowa City beautify our community, increase property values, reduce pollution, lower energy costs, and enhance the economic vitality of business areas. And whereas because trees absorb carbon dioxide and release oxygen, Having a diverse and healthy tree population constitutes a major part of Iowa City's effort to mitigate against climate action change, climate change. And whereas trees can produce natural air conditioning, the evaporation from a single tree can produce the cooling effect of 10 room size air conditioners operating 20 hours a day. And whereas evergreen trees can be used to reduce wind speed and thus loss of heat from our homes in the winter by as much as 10 to 15%. Now therefore I, Bruce Teague, Mayor of Iowa City, do hereby proclaim April 29, 2022 to be Arbor Day in Iowa City and I hereby urge all citizens to participate in tree planting and preservation projects throughout the year. And to receive this is going to be our Parks and Recreation Director, Julie Seidel Johnson.
4: Mayor Julie was not able to attend tonight after all, so uh, if you wanna hang uh, on to that uh, proclamation, I'll get it to her tomorrow. Awesome. Thank you. Let's give our rec department a hand.
0: (laughs) All right. Moving on to items number three through eight, which is our consent agenda. Can I get a motion to approve, please?
1: So moved, Minor Second, Taylor.
0: Anyone from the public like to address this topic? If you are online, please raise your hand and I'll acknowledge you. In person, please step to the podium. Seeing no one. Council discussion. Roll call, please. Harmson. Yes.
5: Taylor. Yes. Teague. Yes. Thomas. Yes. Weiner. Yes. Alter. Yes. Burgess.
6: Yes.
0: Motion passes. Seven to zero. We are on to item number nine, which is our community comment. And this is an opportunity for anyone to talk about an item that is not on our agenda. If you would like to address an item that is not on our agenda, I'm going to have you come to the podium and I will call and have you sign in at the podium. If you're online, I'll have you raise your hand. Yep. And yes, so
7: we'll start here in house and welcome. Good evening. My name is Joe Riley. I work for the Iowa city downtown district as the nighttime mayor. Thank you, Mayor Teague and council for taking public comment. I've come here on behalf of the Iowa City Downtown District and our advocacy role for our businesses. I wanted to draw attention to two items for your consideration. First, a letter the Iowa City Downtown District submitted to council on March 10th. The creation of this letter came from a conversation that several council members had with our executive director, Nancy Bird, asking for ways that the city of Iowa City could support downtown businesses as they get back to operations in their businesses. The Iowa City Downtown District did their outreach for business input. As these operators continue to deal with supply, overhead, and labor costs rising, we identified an area of relief that could be pressed on. This relief would be a reduction of fees for sidewalk cafes and patios in the public right-of-way. We are definitely grateful for the use of the public right-of-way. It absolutely enhances our streetscapes and vibrancy in downtown, I think uh, in my rough count, we have over 30 plus permitted in the public right-of-way just in the Iowa City downtown district alone. We would also like to note that while it contributes to the overall livability in downtown, it does make for a competitive business climate. While we may see those patios and cafes active with patrons during the warmer months, It doesn't necessarily mean there's the same amount of activity inside the business. Patrons who are seeking patio or cafe space to dine on may skip over businesses that don't have these spaces. The second item I wanted to draw to your attention is the Newman-Munson case study commissioned by the Iowa City Downtown District, which was submitted to uh, council last summer. This study sampled cafe and patio fees from comparable communities around the United States it found our fees in iowa city were on the higher end the iowa city downtown district is asking council to take up this matter as an agenda item and make the determination on the request that was made now while it is convenient for me to be here and coalesce the voices of our business community uh, i thought it would be just as impactful to invite a few of them here to speak uh, and to hear from them yourself Please note that uh, Wendy Zimmerman of Get Fresh Cafe was not able to attend and her comments were submitted to the council's email. Thank you.
0: Thank you, we're gonna go online. Noah, welcome.
8: Hello, can you hear me?
0: Yes, we can. Welcome.
8: Ah, perfect. Okay, so um, first I'm just gonna say Jeff, stop ignoring my emails. You have yet to respond to my email, yet you could send me threatening emails because I criticize your city staff, yet you can't seem to find the time to answer my emails about what the city's doing about housing for the houseless folks who currently do not have shelter. Because the shelter house is not accepting people. They're turning people away due to capacity, and yet, Jeff, you told newspaper pay reporters that Shelter House does not do that, and the city has yet to respond to me or anyone else about what they're going to be doing to provide emergency housing to people. So I'm pretty audacious of you, Bruce, to give a proclamation about claiming that y'all care about housing people and affordable housing, whatever that means, yet you can't do the very basic things of providing emergency housing to people who need housing right now, who are currently being denied and having the cops call to them if they show up at Shelter House and being turned away. And by cops, by shelter house, because they need housing, and the city has chosen to completely ignore people who point this out, just because we not may not be the nicest when we say it, because we have the audacity to see the humanity and emotionally respond to the fact that y'all good liberals will say you care about housing, yet when people are being forced to live on the streets, you refuse to give them housing and instead you allow shelter house to call the cops on them and remove them from the premises and not provide housing to people and force people to live on the street. I mean, you sh- y'all should really be ashamed of yourselves that you can't manage a city. So, I mean, Jeff obviously can't manage a city either. So I think it's time that y'all abolish Jeff and his position. Get rid of the city manager, radically rechange how you organize the city so that y'all actually like do something instead of every meeting every two weeks and just doing whatever staff does which you have a fascist city manager who would rather threaten citizens who criticize the city because they were refusing people housing instead of saying that oh no we were wrong actually they do turn away people from shelter house because of capacity which Everyone that works at the house, community knows that, they do that, yet the city is still standing by their lie that that's what Shelter House does and provide emergency shelter to people who need it right now. Open the shelter. City of Iowa City, open emergency shelter. City of Iowa City, open open emergency shelter. Open emergency shelter. Open emergency shelter open a gosh fucking damn emergency shelter today tomorrow put this on your meeting agenda to give people shelter it's not that hard of an idea it's not that radical of an idea to give people housing You need it
0: thanks thank you and i just wanted to get a sense of how many people here want to speak during public comment okay all right Welcome and there is a sign in at the podium and so I'll ask everyone to sign in and give your name and the city you're with. And there are also stickers that you can fill out and drop in the basket if you want to sign up beforehand.
9: Good evening ladies and gentlemen of the Iowa City City Council. Thank you for hearing a few local business owners about our obligations for sidewalk patio permits and uh, cafes and obligations. My name is Brandon Ryan. I'm the owner of Tiki Tacos and Burgers and Wings located on Washington Street, a newer restaurant that just opened last spring. As a small operation with no large financial backing, it is imperative to me and my staff that we control as much of our costs as we can. I am asking for the city council to give thought on how it can do more to help local restaurants during an increasingly difficult time in such an imperative business to our vibrant community, dealing with staff shortages, increased labor wages, widespread inflation, a pandemic, disruption in the supply chain, and many more issues have made an already vital industry even more uncertain, looking looking towards the future. A forfeiture or a decrease of sidewalk cafe fees would go a long way to help our industry survive. I have one of the smallest patios in the downtown area, and I know that my $1,400 annual fee could go towards ensuring I have capital to pay my staff, capital improvements, beautifying said patio area, In many more areas in my restaurant. Operations to consider would be lowering of the patio, uh, excuse me, of the permit fees, a monthly payment during the patio months instead of a large upfront sum, which is due after the slower winter months, um, pardon me, or an every other year is waived type scenario. At the very least, I ask the City Council to consider these other options or more to help our local businesses survive during an already increasingly difficult time. Thank you for your consideration.
0: Thank you. Anyone online would like to speak? Please raise your hand. Seeing no one. Welcome.
10: Good evening. How are you?
0: Awesome and amazing. Welcome.
10: Thanks. My name is Josh Hammerfall. I'm the owner of Donnelly's Pub uh, 110 East College Street in the Ped Mall downtown. Uh, I'm here to piggyback on, on what Joe and, and Brandon have already commented on this evening, uh, the, the current cost burden of uh, what is what is termed as the right-of-way fee um, for a patio and outdoor dining space uh, in our downtown area. So uh, the way I see it, uh, currently downtown businesses are, are creating a, a, a desirable location uh, for one, our citizens, two, our visitors, and, and three, our potential citizens uh, to visit. Uh Part of the way that we're doing that is, is via outdoor dining. There is uh, no doubt at this point that uh, it is a, a key attribute to uh, a city and uh, something that is desirable by, uh, like I said, current citizens, uh, potential citizens and visitors as well not only is it desirable to them it has now become an absolute necessity as a business Uh, something that we must have and it's it's something that we must provide uh, to remain viable uh, in a time when business uh, quite frankly is as tough as it ever has been if you'll allow a little bit of back of hand math on a a tuesday evening uh, my current patio fee or right-of-way fee as it is um, termed is three thousand dollars for the year that gets me 12 seats Uh, on a beautiful uh, Iowa year we might get a hundred patio days so we're putting that at about thirty dollars a day for me to even exist having a patio Uh, and about two dollars and fifty cents a day per seat uh, to for for that to even exist that's obviously before any rain any uh, bug days you know um, hot humid days things like that so as you can see just Through that quick math, uh, that can become quite a burden to a small business owner. Uh, I don't think I need to say a whole lot more than than what my colleagues have already said, Uh, but we would certainly appreciate your consideration on lowering those fees in the future. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And welcome. Hello. And then I want to just make sure that uh, you do sign your name. Oops, I filled out a... You already filled it up. Yep, I dropped it in there. Thank yeah, you. Great. Welcome.
11: Awesome. Well, hello. My name is Elizabeth Wagner. I am an Iowa City resident and senior at the University of Iowa. And I am here tonight to ask you to prioritize and pass a resolution committing to 24-7 carbon-free electricity by 2030 for Iowa City. So today, when we turn on our lights or power up an appliance, that power is supplied from a mix of clean energy, but it continues to include power from coal plants, achieving community wide 24 seven carbon free electricity closes this gap and eliminates emissions producing power sources from the equation. Iowa City has been at the forefront in addressing the climate crisis. Um, In 2019, the city declared a new target to reduce carbon emissions by 45% from 2010 levels and achieve net zero carbon emissions by 2050. However, what's notably missing from this commitment and the climate action and adaptation plan is an established clean energy goal. And while mid-american our major energy provider has made significant investments in wind energy it still operates a large coal fleet that supplies energy to its customers including iowa city MidAmerican american energy will not provide 100 percent renewable energy if they still plan on burning fossil fuels and delivering that energy to iowa customers or selling it out of state this current approach expects the city to rely on a mix of clean and dirty energy and does not aim to phase out fossil fuel usage enough to prevent the worst impacts of climate change. It's up to Iowa city to establish a real 100% clean energy goal and ensure that the city's electricity comes from carbon free sources. Excuse me over 180 cities nationwide have adopted clean energy goals in 2021 Des Moines city council unanimously passed a resolution to reach community wide 24 seven carbon free electricity and Iowa city can strengthen its role as a climate leader by being the next city to make this forward looking and necessary commitment. The consequences of an action are severe. The most recent report from the intergovernmental panel on climate change says that international goals will be out of reach unless fossil fuels are significantly reduced by 2030. With action stalled at both the federal and the state level, the time is now for Iowa City to do its part to reduce power sector emissions. So a 24 seven carbon free electricity goal is the most genuine decarbonization commitment that local governments can leverage to act on climate. And I ask that you prioritize this resolution to guarantee a truly sustainable and equitable future for our city. Thank you.
0: Thank you.
12: Welcome. My cards in there already. Um, Good evening. My name is Deb Schollerman and I'm an Iowa City resident and member of the 100 Grannies for a Livable Future. I'm here tonight as a representative of the 100% Iowa City Coalition to announce community-wide support for the passage of a 24-7 carbon-free electricity resolution. 100% Iowa City is a growing coalition of local individuals, organizations, and businesses that recognize the benefits and the necessity of committing to moving towards 100% clean electricity for Iowa City. We know that local action is the best way forward right now. Across the country, communities are leading the charge on solutions. Iowa City leaders have listened to to citizen input and collaborated with the community. Iowa City is already established as a climate leader. However, It's time to do more to address the city's carbon emissions and the imminent threat of this climate crisis. Adopting the the 100% Iowa resolution is one way to do that. Today, along with individual supporters, 25 organizations and businesses have signed on in support of a 24-7 carbon-free electricity resolution. You have been presented with two letters of support on behalf of these following groups. 100 Grannies for a Livable Future, Ostig Planning, A&W Sustainable Planning and Outreach, Center for Worker Justice of Eastern Iowa, Common Good Iowa, Sea Design and Consulting LLC, Totlechi, uh, Dream City, Jeff's Bike and Ski, Global Food Project of Iowa City, Great Plains Action Society, Green State Solutions, Integrated Power Corporation, Iowa Citizens for Community Improvement, Iowa City Bicycle Library, Iowa City Environmental Advocates, Iowa City Green Drinks, Iowa Interfaith Power and Light, Newman Monson Architects, Pawnee Clean Inc., Physicians for Social Responsibility, Public Space One, Ray Gun, Sierra Club, Iowa Chapter, and the University of Iowa Environmental Coalition. Declaring a 24-7 carbon-free electricity commitment is a necessary step toward climate resiliency, cleaner air and water, environmental justice, and economic prosperity. We, as a coalition, ask that the City of Iowa City take this next step to ensure an equitable and sustainable future for Iowa City residents. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Anyone online like to address this time during public comment? Anyone else inside the chambers here? Seeing no one, we're going to move on to our next agenda item, which is 10 planning and zoning matters, 10A, vacation and conveyance of -of right-of-way. This is an ordinance vacating an approximately 3,000 square feet of public right-of-way A in 829 Kirkwood Avenue and authorizing conveyance to Rita Jane and Bradley J. Polson. This is second consideration and staff has requested expedited action.
1: I move that the rule requiring that ordinances must be considered and voted on for passage at two council meetings prior to the meeting at which it is to be finally passed be suspended. That the second consideration and vote be waived and that the ordinance be voted on for final passage at this time. Second.
0: All right. Moved by Weiner, seconded by Taylor. Anyone from the public like to address this topic? And welcome, Noah, online.
8: All right, you can hear me?
0: Yes, welcome.
8: Okay. So I'm gonna talk about the right-of-way. So the right-of-way is the right thing to do is for the city to provide emergency shelter to people who need it now by opening up a shelter for the houseless. You must speak directly
0: to the agenda topic at hand.
8: Okay, so directly is the city needs to provide shelter to those who is currently refusing and forcing to live on the streets. Because right now what you're doing is not right and it's not the right-of-way to force people to live on the streets. And that All right, we're going
0: to gonna right? end this. You okay. must stay so on gonna, topic. I've already the topic warned you.
8: That you need to provide housing people you're forcing you to live on the streets right now. All right. You we're going really to okay. end. I know you're going to mute me, but.
0: We're going to mute. Anyone else like to address this topic? CNO1, council discussion. Roll call, please.
5: Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Weiner? Yes. Alter? Yes. Burgess? Yes. Harmson?
13: Yes.
0: Motion passes 7-0. Could I get a motion to pass and adopt?
5: So move. Taylor?
1: Second.
0: Second. Seconded by Weiner. All in favor say aye.
1: Aye. aye.
0: aye. Oh, actually, we have to do roll call for this. Yes. Roll call, you. please. Thank you. Teague? <laughs> yes. Thomas? Yes.
5: Weiner? Yes. Alter? Yes. Burgess? Yes. Harmson? Yes. Taylor? Yes.
0: Motion passes 7 to 0. Item number 11 is Benton Street Rehabilitation. This is a resolution approving project manual and estimate of cost for the construction of the Benton Street Rehabilitation Project, establishing amount of bid security to accompany each bid, directing the city clerk to post notice to bidders, and fixing time and place for receipt of bids. And I'm going to open the public hearing. And we're going to start with our staff. Welcome, Melissa.
14: Good evening. Um, I'm Melissa Kloh with the City of Iowa City Engineering Division. And I was here previously in December to present Benton Street. Um, We are facing a situation where we took bids through the DOT on January 19th. Um, we received one bid that exceeded the engineer's estimate of probable cost by more than 40%. So, in turn, rejected that, and we are scheduled to rebid on June 21st, 2022. So, as previously, the project corridor remains um, from Greenwood Drive to Mormon Truck Boulevard. Um, it will, there was previous. I'm sorry, previous diamond grinding um, completed on the project in 2007, but the pavements continued to deteriorate since then. So the MPOJC programmed 1.3 million in STBG funding in the 21-24 tip for rehabilitation. This project is partially funded by the Iowa DOT and it includes the crack and seat of an existing pavement with a three inch asphalt overlay. Um, We talked previously, this machine seen in the upper right corner will be used to crack the existing uh, PCC pavement and create a flexible base to put the three inch asphalt overlay on top of. Side street intersections will be reconstructed with ADA sidewalk improvements Pavement widening and signal improvements will occur at the Sunset intersection. We are moving forward with water main and storm sewer improvements and there will be new five foot bike lanes. The changes to the rebid plan set include um, clarification of items that were added by addendum during the first bid period. We also added two critical closure periods for sewer work there's some uh storm sewer manholes that will be installed in the middle of benton street so to aid the contractor we've looked at closing down just that section um, to give them the ability to use the road and get that work completed Um, our revised phasing also provides additional flexibility to the contractor they will be able to start construction this fall or next spring. And that's in response to um, material and scheduled challenges that they've all been facing. We've also clarified the separation of water from uh, an existing high-pressure gas line that exists. The estimated construction cost has been increased to $4.2 million. This was revised by McClure Engineering after the rejection of the first bid and is based on current awarded contract prices that are reported by the Iowa DOT. So the project timeline becomes the bid letting on June 21st with an award date projected to be July 5th. Construction can start this fall or next spring and will be completed by the fall of 2023. And with that, are there any questions?
0: Thank you. All right, anyone from the public like to address this topic? If so, uh, step up to the podium. If you're online, please raise your hand and I'm just going to again, just remind anyone that wants to speak that they need to speak on topic and I also wanted to just remind that I'll give a verbal warning and then after such, um, I will will not recognize the speaker um, after that. Welcome, Noah. Noah, can you hear me? Yes, we can. Welcome.
8: Hello. And thank you for the reminder, but I'm gonna ignore it. So provide emergency shelter to those who are currently Thank on the street. Stop force.
0: Thank you. And Noah, you will not be recognized the rest of this meeting during comment. Anyone else like to address the topic? I'm gonna close the public hearing. Could I get a motion to approve, please?
15: So move, Thomas.
16: Second alter.
0: Council discussion.
17: I drive Benton Street quite often, because that's just in my neighborhood, Uh, so I'm happy to see this, although I do have a lot of concerns about it. It it is, some people might not be aware that it's a pretty major uh, uh, east-west roadway uh, for the city, and particularly that sunset intersection uh, with with the school, uh, Horn Elementary, there's a lot of um, young children there, and bicycles, and speaking of bicycles, I'm happy to see that, because also driving on uh, Benton, uh, I I fear for some of the bicycles that that are brave enough to ride on on Benton Street uh, because if there's some, um, one day there was a UPS truck parked actually in the bike lane, and the bike had to swerve around it and into traffic, and that's very dangerous, but I think if we have wider and more apparent bike lanes, that'll be good, so uh, I do like that. I do have concerns about the closing down part of it, though. I guess I didn't ask about that, but it also, uh, during football season, is a very major uh, roadway for uh, people coming and going uh, from Kinnick. Uh, If they're not using Melrose, they're using Benton, so I do have concerns about that being uh, part of that being closed down in the fall and would hope that maybe we could do one lane versus two lane kind of thing
14: we would be looking at restricting that when it's um when it's not during a football weekend and it's for five days maximum
17: just five days okay thank you very much i was concerned that'd be the whole fall season and that would not be good thank you that clarifies that
16: i just want to follow up on what pauline was talking about in um That intersection with Sunset and Benton, I'm just I'm very happy to see that that's going to be part of the overhaul because I do think it's going to be, especially with the hill, it's uh, vision is difficult and it is a busy intersection. So I'm just that's good news that this is going to be taking shape and getting taken care of.
1: I just wanted to comment on something that we talked about earlier. This is I think this is we're probably going to see more of this going forward with not knowing what. Uh, what um, the delivery pipeline will be like, not knowing what costs are gonna be going forward, um, as well as with with more constrained budgets. It's something we're gonna, as council, gonna have to pay very close attention to, is the the financial part driven by um, an, an uneven supply chain and raised commodity prices right
5: now.
0: Any other comments? Roll call please. Thomas? Yes. Weiner?
5: yes. Weiner? Yes. Alter? Yes. Burgess? Yes. Harmson? Yes. Taylor? Yes. Teague.
0: Yes. Motion passes seven to zero. Item number twelve is Northminster. Storm sewer improvements. Resolution approving improvement project manual and estimate of cost for the construction of the Northwestminster Storm Sewer Improvements Project establishing amount of bids, security to accompany each bid, directing city clerk to post notice to bidders, and fixing time and place for receipt of bids. I'm going to open the public hearing and welcome.
18: Hi, my name's Ben Clark. I'm from the engineering division. Here to, here to talk about, just give you an overview of the project. So our project is located on the northeast side of town, um, over kind of by Lemmy Elementary School. We zoom in a little, um, you can see the bulk of the project is at the intersection of North Westminster Street and uh, Washington Street. Quick timeline in about uh, the year 2015 and even even before we started receiving reports of flooding on the street. We had a drainage study conducted in 2017, got a project in the program in 2019, been going through the design phase and um, we're ready to put the project out to bid couple of pictures of what the problem is um, you can see the photo on the left um, we had some flooding on washington street uh, stalled cars were, um, in that area you can see on the right we've got the street full of water that's northwest Westminster um, just an overview of the our drainage study shows how big that drainage area is it covers quite a bit an area um, we've identified down at the bottom some um, deficiencies in, in the storm pipe um, pay attention to the red lines at the very bottom center um, just a table you'll notice th- those red lines are deficient they don't even handle a one-year storm so our design guidelines are about a five-year event so we're going to focus on those lines um, this a general overview of the project um, Upsizing the pipe from like a 36 inch to a 42 generally in those areas. Um, Timeline um, take bids May 10th, award the contract May, hopefully start this summer, and then we're giving them some flexibility to finish in the spring of 23 um, just to try to get good bids. That's all I have. Are there any questions?
0: I don't hear any. Thank you so much. Anyone from the public like to address this topic? And a welcome, John. Online.
8: Hello, hello. I'm calling to tell y'all to um, stop okay, forcing people you. to move on. Okay. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Anyone else like to address this topic? Seeing no one, I'm going to close the public hearing. Could I get a motion to approve, please?
17: So moved. Seconded.
0: Moved by Thomas. Seconded yeah. by Burgess. Taylor. By Taylor, Taylor. Oh. Taylor, Taylor oh. Burgess. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Taylor. Second by Burgess. And council discussion.
15: I appreciated the presentation. It was interesting. I kind of when I looked at the plan, I kind of wondered why why in this particular area are these sewers uh being replaced and uh and showing the watershed <laughs> that's being served by those sewer lines at became very clear so thanks for the presentation
1: i just end up wondering as we as as we deal as we've heard this this evening as well about climate change if there are going to be more areas in the city where we're going to find that to looking forward 10 20 30 40 50 years that we'll need to mm-hmm. increase the size of those sewage lines
18: as well
15: well this is for a five-year event you said now with. Yeah.
18: Um, yeah, so we, we've identified some areas that don't meet our current standards and that's just being able to convey a five year storm. So Mm -hmm. that's about 3.75 inches in, in a day, 24 hours. So we'll, we'll just bring those up to our current standards.
15: So we'll probably still see flooding, (laughs) just not as often. (laughs) Okay.
5: Roll call, please. Weiner? Yes. Alter? Yes. Burgess? Yes. Harmson? Yes. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. <coughs> yes.
0: Motion passes 7 to 0. We're on to item number 13, which is Weatherby Park Sidewalk and Driveway. This is a resolution approving project manual and estimate of cost for the construction of the Weatherby Park Sidewalk and Driveway project, establishing amount of bid security to accompany each bid directing city clerk to post notice to bidders and fixing time and place for receipt of bids. I'm going to open the public hearing and welcome.
19: Hi, I'm Ethan Yoder with the engineering division. Um, so the Weatherby Park project, it's including uh, putting an in 88 curb ramps across Taylor Drive um, and then extending the sidewalk from Taylor Drive to the park. So that way, pedestrians don't have to cross the parking lot. We're including uh, entrance reconstruction. It's in not the best shape, so we're planning on improving that while we're here. Um, Improving the West Trail connection, which is on the left side of the screen there. And then we're also including sidewalk to the community gardens. Uh, The cost estimate for the project was $93,000. We plan on doing the bid letting on May 10th, accepting bids on May 17th. With construction to start in june this year and should be completed by the fall of this year are there any questions
16: how will that impact actually since that's going to be taking place over the summer in terms of existing entrance since that's really the only entrance into the park unless you're walking in how will that affect um, people trying to get in who need to drive
19: Yep, uh, that's something we can work with the contractor on, trying to do it in pieces so that way there's still a path to be able to get into the park. Because I know it actually gets quite a bit of use, Mm -hmm. especially the community gardens and the splash pad.
13: Mm
19: -hmm. So we'll plan on trying to make sure that we can still allow access.
0: Thank you. Anyone from the public like to address this topic? Seeing no one, I'm going to close the public hearing. Can I get a motion to approve, please?
6: So moved, Weiner. Seconded, Burgess.
0: All right, and council discussion. I will say that this is a very needed (laughs) sidewalk in some of the spaces. Um, So thanks for the staff for working on this. Agreed. Yeah and the community gardeners are very popular at that location. I think they're all sewed up, so yep. Yeah. Roll call please?
5: Alter? Yes. Burgess? Yes. Harmson? Yes. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Weiner. Yes.
0: Motion passed to seven to zero. Item number fourteen is utility rate public hearing resolution. This is an ordinance amendment title three entitled title finance, taxation, and fees. Chapter four, entitled schedule of fees, rates, charges, bonds, fines, and penalties. Article five, entitled solid waste disposal. I'm gonna open the public hearing and welcome.
20: In the mayor and council, I'm here to go over the uh, rate increases in the refuse fund that was approved with the FY 13 uh, budget. There's actually three different uh, rates. The first one is for the yard waste, um, again, approved as part of the FY23 budget. This is a rate increase of $1.50 per dwelling unit per month, and this is also mirrored with an increase in any additional carts. So that's the monthly rate going from 2 to $3.50 per month, um, and that would be effective July 1st. This will generate approximately $285,000 annually, and this is to... Cover the increased set out rates, the cost of fuel, equipment, and labor that are all increasing. Um, and this rate has not been increased since it was first adopted in FY18. And this, then just to give you a, a brief history of. Um, So the bars, the solid bars, are the amount of collection that has happened through the last five years. The uh, green line is the expenses. You can see an uptick between 19 and 20. That was almost all carts um, for some, a couple, I think there was three shipments in there of carts that year. So that's why you see that uptick, and then it's come back down a little bit. Uh, The next rate is the curbside solid waste. This is going um, an increase of $1 per dwelling unit per month and again mirrored with any additional carts. So the monthly rate is going from 12 to 13 effective July 1st and will generate approximately 190,000 annually. And again to cover increased costs, um, increased tonnage, fuel equipment, labor. Um, and the last curbside waste fee increase was 20 cents per unit, per dwelling unit per month in FY 2018 as well. So solid waste collections, again, the solid green bars is the amount of uh, tonnage collected. <laughs> you can see the large increase in 21. That's thanks to the derecho and COVID. Um, and then obviously the costs increase with that. Um, and most of that's the cost at the landfill to dispose of all of the additional refuse. And the third increase is in the recycling rate. Um, This is 50 cents per dwelling unit per month. Uh, So the monthly rate will be going from $6.00 to $6.50 effective July 1st and will generate approximately $95,000 annually. Again, same things, fuel, equipment, and labor increase costs. Um, The last curbside recycling fee was increased $0.90 per dwelling unit um, in FY21. So again, the green bar is is the amount of recycling, which has seen a little steady increase. Same with the increasing costs um, at about the same rate as increased tonnage. This is the overall fund. Um, So you can see even with these rate increases, we're still projecting a slight deficit in, the, in those years, um, but what I would say is we budget pretty conservatively, so hopefully we would actually come out ahead, but this gets us much closer to what the gap would be without these rate increases. So again, just overall, the rate changes, the curbside uh, yard waste, $1.50 per dwelling unit per month, as well as the additional carts, the curbside solid waste, a dollar per unit per month. Um, and then the recycling the fifty cents per unit per month. so an estimated five hundred and seventy thousand annual increase um, in total revenue. Any questions are Are there any like low income rates incorporated
17: into that or plans for that for those with lower income? or do you currently have that or are there plans to? There are already
20: that? current low income rates. Okay. I couldn't tell you exactly what they are off the top of my head, but.
0: Thank you. Anyone from the public like to address this topic? I'm going to close the public hearing. Can I get a motion to give first consideration? So moved. Seconded. Moved by Hermsen, seconded by Burgess. Council discussion?
17: I asked the question about the low income rates because I, I do have some concerns and and looking at the data you provided that at one time it was only increased by 20 cents and another time and one of the other items was only increased by 90 cents. Are we wed to these amounts? I mean, I know you've shared some great Uh, financial data about what it's going to uh, give us for revenue but I do have concerns for our low income folks they you know they live from penny to penny literally a lot of them and three dollars might not sound a lot to some folks but for those that are are living on limited incomes I, I do have concerns on on the bump up that that we're proposing.
4: Yeah, I think you can respond to that. Um, I think you saw with the projections, um, we're not even projecting a revenue increase to, to cover our projected expenses going forward. As Nicole mentioned, we hope that that works itself out over time due to uh, mostly conservative budgeting principles that we have, but um, this is an enterprise fund. So the, the rates that we're charging are what we need to pay the staff and fuel the vehicles and, and dispose of whatever it is that we're picking up. Uh, there's, no, there's no extra built in there. It's not like these fees are supporting uh, public safety initiatives or parks initiatives or anything like that. It, we really just focus on what it costs to operate the service. And, of course, we always try to find efficiencies uh, when we can and where we can. I think we do a good job of that. But um, if you weren't comfortable with the full $3, I think what you'd have to expect is that you're going to force yourself into a probably a bigger rate increase down the road a little bit. So if you wanted to do $1, $2 this year um, instead of that one or $2 a couple years down the road, which has been our trend, you're probably going to have a a more painful increase, if you will, a a few years down the road. And that's what we try to avoid with these budgets. We we try to do smaller increases. We try to stagger them. So we're not increasing water at the same time we're increasing refuse um, or stormwater. Um, and, and make that hit um, uh, just a, a little bit more palatable. Uh, but we understand it's it, it's a lot. Thank you, Jeff.
6: Yeah, it, it is hard to approve these rate increases, but as Jeff mentioned, with it being an enterprise fund, uh, we do need to be able to try and meet our expenses. And thank you, Nicole, for that explanation of... This is still actually anticipating some some gap that we won't quite be making it, but it'll be close enough that we're comfortable. I think with the $2.50 of the $3 being um, rates that haven't moved for five fiscal years um, makes me a lot more comfortable to think about that as well. That's a, that's a pretty long period of time.
4: Yeah, um, the uh, discount is 75% of the fee, so... Um, If you sign up for our our utility discount program, you get uh, not only a discount on the refuse, but that's also the water and the uh, sewer and stormwater collections. But it's actually a 75% discount on the refuse components.
17: Thank you. That's good to know. Thanks. That's helpful.
0: Okay. Any other questions or comments? Roll call, please.
5: Fergus, Yes. Harmson. Yes. Taylor. Yes. Teague. Yes. Thomas. Yes. Weiner. Yes. Alter. Yes.
0: Motion passes 7-0. I did want to uh, maybe have uh, item number 17. Uh, let's do item number 17 since we're done with um, our public hearings. Um, And we'll do item number 17, which is Forest View Relocation Plan. This is a resolution approving the Forest View.
5: If I may, Mayor, because it constitutes a change in the agenda, if we could just have a motion to make that change, we can
0: go Sure.
17: So moved. Second.
0: All right. All in favor, say aye. Uh, aye. Aye. Any opposed? All right. Item number 17, Forest View Relocation Plan. This is a resolution approving the Forest View relocation plan. And um, could I get a motion to approve, please?
1: So moved. Weiner. Second.
21: Taylor.
0: Moved by Weiner, seconded by Taylor. And I'm going to wait, uh, welcome Rachel, our Assistant City Manager.
21: Mayor and City Council, Rachel Kilberg, Assistant City Manager. Um, so as you mentioned, this resolution will uh, authorize us to carry out the Forest View mobile home relocation plan. Um, All the way back in 2019, the city had approved a conditional zoning agreement for the redevelopment of the area uh, that encompassed Forest View. Um, That CZA required the owner to provide relocation assistance to all the households living there at the time. However, since then, that development um, has lost its viability. This was compounded by the COVID-19 pandemic. And meanwhile, those housing conditions have continued to deteriorate and there has been a severe lack of investment in the neighborhood. Um, The city has provided some stopgap kind of home repair efforts uh, in the recent years, um, but many of those mobile homes are beyond repair and a proactive solution has been needed to help these residents um, relocate to safer, um, decent housing. So in September of 2021, uh, after ARPA public input, a city council had prioritized using ARPA funds to address this challenge. And since then, uh, city staff has worked with the tenants to develop this voluntary relocation plan. I walked you through that in detail at today's work session, um, but in short, it'll provide relocation payments in the amount of 15,750 to all of the residents, um, as well as to, to provide assistance through local so- social service agencies to find new housing. Um, this plan also includes using local funds to compensate those households who lived in Forest View at the time of the 2019 CZA, but moved out um, prior to the onset of the pandemic in March of 2020. Happy to take any questions.
13: Just one point of clarification. Um, you said 15750 for all residents. It's for each household, which I know you know when you gave us I that apologize. presentation. But <laughs> yes, for anybody, in the, for just, just for anybody listening, just so we don't confuse. Thanks for the clarification. Sure.
1: And the other clarification which you had given us earlier was the the ARPA funds. Anyone who receives the, the amount through the ARPA funds, they will not be taxable. Um, the, the funds that are from regular city funds will be. That's correct.
0: All right. Any other questions for staff? I did want to just make sure that when um, in May, I know there will be the process of having people come and apply Um, checks will be issued at a separate time is that correct after
21: yep that's correct so we expect that in early may we'll be able to get all of the kind of eligibility information collected in an order and then just a couple of weeks to process that and cut the checks by the end of may
0: right
21: that would be the first check for those who are households who are receiving two checks and then the single full amount for those households who have already vacated
0: thank you any other questions for staff? Anyone from the public like to address this topic? If so, please sign in at the podium or place your uh, sticker in the basket. Welcome. Yep, and please state your please state your name and the city you're from.
22: It's ready. Okay. Thank you for your time. My name is Margarita.
23: I'm going to translate for her. My name is Gustavo Flores.
22: Okay. Gracias. Y solo queremos agradecer por esta oportunidad que nos dieron.
23: We would like to thank you for this opportunity that you guys gave us and the help you providing.
22: Gracias por este. Ayudar y, y escuchar a las personas.
23: Thank you for listening to us and help us very, very much.
22: Ustedes saben que hemos trabajado durante mucho tiempo.
23: You guys know that we've been working for this kind of help for the longest time, many, many years.
22: Yo recuerdo cuando vine la primera vez, mi hija tenía casi cuatro años. I remember
23: the first time we were here, my daughter was only four years old.
22: Y ahora ya va a cumplir los once años.
23: And now she's going to be 11 years old.
22: <laughs> y gracias por, por todo el apoyo. Eh, we
23: would like to thank you for all the help you provided us which is way way a lot of help we consider that not only are we helping each other in forest view but we would like to help other people in our community not to go for that bad times that we went through but because we even even though we have had bad times this help means a lot to us and we would like to help other people not to go through what we're going
22: through.
23: Thank you in the name of all the kids, every single minor in Forest View.
22: And all,
23: all citizens living in Forest View, we would like to thank you a lot. On my behalf, thank you very
22: much. And
23: we would like to be working together with you guys.
22: Thank you.
0: Thank you. Hi everyone. Welcome.
24: Okay. My name is Mazar Saleh, I'm the Executive Director of the Center for Worker Justice. I guess here yeah, to okay the same thing that Margarita said. Uh, this is was like really a tough journey for forest view residents. Seven years. They are fighting with a big dream that they're going to at the end. They will get a house house in the same area where they've been living there for four years. So unfortunately, it's not happening now. But the city was really in this side since, like, this beginning of this project. The city was in their side by, like, moving this forward, approving the planning and zoning, and approving the affordable housing and everything. But unfortunately, it's not happening now. It's very sad for them. Suddenly, you know, all this dream just disappeared, and you know, and also they have to go now and just rent somewhere else, their rent suddenly from 310 will be for two bedroom $900. It would be really tough for them. But the city is step up voluntarily. You don't have to do that, but you take the initiative to yes roll it. help those people roll kid, and approving this $15,000. This is really amazing. Thank you so much, a special thank to all of you and a special, special thank to the city manager and the assistant city manager, Teresa Hirschus, and all the staff that work on this. And you know, I guess this is on behalf of the residents. Uh, everybody, like, really, just happy that you are thinking of them and try to help them. Really, okay. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you. Anyone else? Welcome.
2: Hello, everybody. Thank Hello. you for being here with me. I know you guys could have been anywhere in the world, but you're here, and I appreciate it. And my uh, colleagues here from Forest Real Trailer Court appreciate it too. Um, do I make? don't have anything written down because everything comes from my heart.
0: How about telling us your name and, uh, oh, and where well, you're yes, from? Yes, of
1: course.
2: <laughs> I am sorry. My name is Margarita Rodriguez, and I live at Forest Real Trailer Court. And as of course, as you all know, I am the president of the association there and I try my best to do everything correctly for them and uh, go ahead and forward for all this that we've been going through. Um, Going back to say thank you for everybody for being there, supporting us and um, every single point of view that you all have But I want to make a a statement here, that um, we are four people, or five people more likely, that are making a little bit that uh, the um, minimum wage, I believe, more than the um, people that making low income. And I would really, really appreciate it if you all have a heart in yourself, and get us involved with the same thing and not go out there with less than other people. Because like they have said, we are paying 310, right? And you're gonna go out there and you're gonna look for an apartment, a house, and you're gonna pay triple the amount, 900, maybe 1,000. all depends, you know, what you're looking for and what safety is out there. So, just have a little consideration and, and believe in yourself by saying, what if it was me? What if I go out there and I can't find what it should be out there for us? Safety, you know? Like you all said, um, on the construction on the sidewalk being deteriorated and stuff like that, you know? We all have kids others more than others. But I mean, I really, really appreciate you all for being there for us and coming out with this amount. I know that I couldn't have done it myself, you know, but uh, I really, really appreciate it to have a little bit more consideration and think about this for only five people more. That's all I'm asking for. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you.
0: Anyone else like to address this topic?
25: Evening, council. Welcome. My name is Charlie Eastam. I live in Iowa City. Uh, I'm here... The expression of, of why we're doing this this evening why you're doing this has already been given and I want to honor that and respect it very much. I actually just wanted to congratulate you as a group. Because one all of you I know including the city manager have at various times visited with talked with in groups. Uh, with people who live in Forest View and are here tonight. Um <coughs> to talk with you about what the situation is there and you have listened to them. Um, That makes a difference to me. Uh, That's what I try to do in my work too. Uh, And we are successful at this point in addressing immediate needs. We need to do a little bit more perhaps, but we've done a, a lot of work together at this point. That's not something, you know, that's that has always happened in the city, in this community. Uh, but you have individually and collectively made something happen that we have not experienced before. Um, and you should feel good about yourselves for doing that. I hope you do. Um, we may have had disagreements from time to time. We may have more disagreements from time to time. But we're still working together in partnership with each other. And uh, again, you should feel really proud of yourselves for doing that.
0: Thanks. Thank you. Anyone else like to address this topic? Seeing no one. Council discussion.
1: Yeah, I'd like to say a couple th- very briefly in um, in Spanish and English. Uh, gracias a ustedes para su trabajo. Thank you very much. Thank you all very much for your work. Uh, y hay momentos en que tenemos una obligación moral. There are moments when we have a moral obligation, and that's all I wanted to say.
17: I, I want to say, and I'll uh, go on what Charlie had uh, said that I, I can hardly even say how, how very proud I am of our city, City of Iowa City, for uh, how we've stepped up, uh, even right from uh, the beginning and trying to make some plans that would be acceptable uh, so that these folks weren't just uprooted from their homes, uh, right down to the fact that um, we've invested a lot of money, 15, let's see here, let money to the um, Iowa City Federation of Labor and to Habitat for Humanity, uh, thousands of dollars to go in and try to help uh, fix these homes so that they would be livable uh, for as long as, as they could possibly have to live in that. that it was 5,000 to City Fed and 17,500 to Habitat. And that's a major investment, and so I'm I'm proud of that, and I'm proud of what we as a council have um, decided upon for the amount of money for your assistance. And I'm proud of you all. I've said it before, your courage and your strength has just amazed me. Uh, You are great role models to your children, your family members, and the entire community of Iowa City. That's all. (laughs)
0: I was elected in October of 2018 and this was one of the first topics that uh, was on the agenda. And I remember this room being filled to the brim with so many people um, coming to express their hope and their desires, their dreams. And boy, were we excited uh, when we got to that point of um, making an approval. And then today we're here where those hopes and those dreams are different, but there's still hope. And I wanna thank my fellow counselors for really seeing the opportunity that we had. And I would agree with Councilor Weiner that there was a moral obligation that we saw. Um, I'm gonna give a special thanks to all of our city staff that's been working on this. Um, We know that our, Directors often get you know, the, the praise and I'm gonna praise them in a second. But thanks to all the staff that is in the background that is also working on this. Tracy Hyshu, she has to be thanked. Rachel, thank you so much. And to our city manager, Jeff, really appreciate working hand in hand as these individuals, residents have came and shared not only, not only here publicly, put on an individual basis. They've been uh, very appreciative of the transparency um, as well as the um, opportunity to tell their story and for you listening. So I really appreciate that. This is uh, kind of an exciting day because this is an opportunity for us to approve uh, some money (laughs) for the transition. And I think it's awesome and amazing. Although I'm also reminded that this road won't be easy for a lot because of the rents in our community. and I think that is something for us to continue to work on. Um, I know this council is really dedicated to uh, looking at more opportunity to foster um, affordable rents. We we do what we can. We wish we could open up the floodgates of all the funds, but that's not, um, you know, all that feasible. But there's still hope there. I'm going to be very proud to approve this today.
6: As a counselor who came in kind of at the end of this process, I remember watching the approval of the Forest View development and being so impressed that the developer came forward with the Tenants Association for a joint application and saw kind of all the effort that went into that. And it, uh, many difficult and sad circumstances that bring us to the point that that couldn't be realized. But I hope that this is showing meaningful commitment from the city to be able to to move forward, and and I also just want to echo what my colleagues have said about the effectiveness of our staff working with the, the tenants, um, in particular, the fact that I, I don't know that this um, level of support would have been possible without the American Rescue Plan Act funds that we received, and I know it's probably the, the money may be coming later than people would have wished, given how long you've been waiting and how much you've been through, but the effectiveness of our staff to create a program, Program and to be able to execute so quickly and to my colleagues to be able to we didn't agree on every detail um, in getting to this point but I think we were able to come together and I'm just very proud of how we were able to do that work as a community thank you
15: I I too am really pleased and proud of um, all of us I think um, and where we've arrived here. It, it was a difficult process uh, and really that just the last, the last aspect of something that had a six year dur- duration. I mean, a long, a long process with, with high hopes. And I think at least the sense of high hope has been expressed in, in this relocation plan that uh, we did work our best, I think, uh, showed our best side and trying to make that a smooth transition. Uh, and it was deliberative in the sense of all of us, staff included, you guys did a great job uh, with the implementation of this. Um, so as Charlie said, I'm, I'm quite pleased and proud that we as a community expressed that sense of obligation to one another. That's what community is. If without obligation, there is no community. So thank you again.
13: I would just like to really echo—I mean, I can't really say any better—the the list of thank yous uh, for the people that were involved in this. Uh, one thing I will add: um, and somebody, one of my colleagues, had mentioned earlier about the inspiration that y'all have provided to your to your children. But I would also extend that you've ex- provided an inspiration with community organizing uh, far beyond Forest View, as as we all sitting here know, we're in the middle of multiple uh, concerns about. Uh, the future of mobile home courts and other affordable housing in our community and uh, i've seen firsthand the organization that has happened in other mobile home courts uh and and during those efforts those early efforts to organize some of those places forest view uh and the people that help with forest view were right there lifting up uh, you, you all as an example of what can happen if people are willing to put in the work and come together and stick with it over time and you, you don't really know where you're going to end up but you know you're going to end up somewhere better than if you hadn't done anything at all and i think tonight is another reminder of that and it's not just for the people of Forest View, but I think there's a message that ripples out beyond that. So thank you all.
16: And if I can just, I wish I was as eloquent as everyone, but um, I'm just going to follow up to say that uh, what you have shown in your persistence, in your continued efforts when there have been obstacles to say how do we problem solve? How do we get around it? How can we all do this together? Knowing that we don't all agree as a council, sometimes with the association and council previous, and now, and yet you showed the way for how this work gets done. And I echo what Sean said is that it it ripples out in terms of truly what community effort, collaboration and persistence is and so often, that persistence can be worn down and your strength in addition to your inspiration your hope just the sheer strength in the face of enormous challenge is truly inspiring but it's a model for how we all should work as accounts as as a as a community and um i think that this You really helped show a way for how we all can work better together in the face of some enormous odds. I wish that this was not the outcome, but I am so, so glad that we are able to get things to you now at a state where there is little choice, but as a council, we did not say, or staff in particular said, it's not a matter of washing our hands we have an obligation, we have an obligation to the work that you have done and respect. And so I'm just, I'm grateful that you all have hung in here with us and shown us the way to work better. And I also just want to add two additional names because I know as we all say, sort of unsung heroes. I also want to shout out um, Erica and Cassie as well. I know that they were instrumental in all of this. So just thank you so, so very much to all of the work that you have done to show us how to work better.
0: Right. I think it would also be remiss for us to not recognize our old Mayor Pro Tem, Salee, <laughs> yes. who has been very instrumental in supporting the residents along the way. So thanks to you. I think we're ready for roll call.
5: Harmson. Yes. Taylor.
17: Very much so, yes. Teague.
0: <laughs> yes.
5: Thomas. Yes. Weiner. Yes. Alter? Yes. Burgess?
16: Yes.
0: And it passes with an awesome awesome and amazing seven to zero. (laughs) Now, could I get a motion to accept correspondence?
17: So moved, Taylor. Second. Second. Minor.
0: All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion passes seven to zero. We're gonna go back to item.
1: 15.
0: Number 15 which is the 2022 gold bonds bidding procedure. This is a resolution directing the advertisement for sale of 10,255,000 general obligation bonds series 2022 and approving electronic bidding procedures and distribution of preliminary official statement. And could I get a motion to approve please?
15: So moved, Thomas.
20: Second, Alter.
0: And welcome again, Nicole.
20: Yes, I'm back, Nicole Davies, finance director. I'll keep this brief. This is the next step in um, issuing the city's general obligation bonds um, to fund our CIP plan for the year. So this resolution approves the advertisement of our almost 10 and 10.3 million dollar general obligation bonds it also approves the sale documents which is our preliminary official statement and this is what is sent out to potential bidders um, for the city's bonds this also approves the procedures that will be used to bid on these bonds Um, the sale will happen on tuesday may 4th in the morning and that evening we will bring back the results of the bidding to council for approval any questions
0: No questions, thank you. Anyone from the public like to address this topic? Seeing no one, council discussion.
1: Always thankful that we have a AAA reading. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Roll call, please. Taylor? Yes. Teague? Yes. Thomas? Yes. Weiner? Yes. Alter? Yes. Burgess? Yes. Harmson?
0: Yes. Motion passes seven to zero. Item number 16 is social justice and racial equity grants. This is a resolution adopting the social justice and racial equity grant allocations for fiscal year 2022. Can I get a motion to approve, please?
6: So moved, Burgess. Second, Alter.
0: And we're gonna welcome our uh, Human Rights Commissioner Chair, Jason Glass, welcome.
26: Thank you, thank you, Mayor and Council. Um, As mentioned, I'm Jason Glass with the uh, Iowa City Human Rights Commission. Uh, The info on all the grants is in your packets. I'll highlight a couple of things in there. in 2017 the city council created the social justice and racial equity grants to assist community-based organizations in building uh, capacity to address social justice and racial equity needs75 thousand dollars has been allocated yearly for the grants uh, and since fiscal year 2019 and I will make note that it's in the packet as well that we have the Human rights Commission has recommended the city council to increase that amount uh, to hundred to 150000 dollars in future years there are many very very worthy projects projects. projects that we are not able to recommend to you each year uh, uh, because we are limited by that funding. So it'd be a a great way to continue to to, uh, uh, push our racial equity and and, uh, agenda here in in the Iowa City. So uh, the grant is available for uh, Iowa City based organizations to fund programs, activities and services that eliminate inequities in the community. Uh, They were eligible to apply, any any organization was eligible to apply from December 1st of 2021 until January 7th of 2022. Now, it's after a lot of uh, educational uh, sessions that are put on by uh, the city, uh, both city staff and the commissioners in working with those uh, uh, organizations that are interested in applying. Seven of our nine commissioners uh, then read through 19 grants that we had this year, uh, which all are several pages long, so it's, that's our, our homework in January is to read through many of these grants. Uh, Two of our commissioners had direct relationships with a few of the grantees, so had to uh, abstain from doing that. So some of us read through all those, scored those, and then in our uh, February 22nd meeting, we reviewed our cumulative scores uh, and then discussed all of those all those grants. Uh, resulting, uh, by the way, those 19 grant um, requests were for a total of $240,000. We have $75,000 to allocate. Um, so. Um, the the both the full list of uh, grant applications and their amounts are in your packet, as well as the the, the uh, ones that we uh, are now recommending to you. Uh, there are some brief synopsis of each of the proposals in your in your packet as well, so I'll let you read those, uh, but the uh, grantees that we are recommending are the Multicultural Devo- De- Development Center of Iowa for $10,000, Open Heartland for $9,000, the Center for Worker Justice for $18,000, Great, Great Plains Action Society for $5,000, uh, Iowa City Compassion for $15,000, Houses into Homes for $15,000, and the Iowa City Area Chinese Association for $3,000. So uh, there, most of those are very near fully funded for what they requested. We did shave off a few dollars on a few of those grants from what they requested so that we could grant one more full grant uh, to, uh, to, to one more uh, application. So uh, with that, I will uh, entertain any questions you have and uh, encourage you to approve the, the grants as, we've, as, as we have recommended. have recommended.
17: Thank you, Dyson, for uh, your presentation and all of the material you'd sent. Uh, I I appreciate the work of the commission to do this. It's not an easy task, I'm sure, every year, but you you do it and and you come forth with some uh, excellent rationale. Uh, And I wondered if, you know, when you're uh, proposing the bumping it up, uh, is that so that you might be able to give it to more of these, like the... Sixteen or so that are left, or increase the amounts that you're able to give to each group, or kind of a combination of that: in, increase the number and the amount.
26: Uh, it's a great question. Uh, my, my first priority was to, is to grant more, more. you know, mm-hmm. a larger number of grants. Uh-huh, <laughs> uh, right. So, in, in fact, uh, you know, we, you know, we we tend to prioritize grants that are a very specific amount. We the the grant the the most that any one organization can apply for is twenty five thousand dollars. There are some grantees that that request that amount, um, but you know, I think we actually give some priority. To, to organizations that have a very targeted, specific amount, because that's usually tied to a very specific project, as opposed to you know something that's more gen- like their you know, general funding. So, 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 I'm I'm, a, I'm not opposed to either, <laughs> but certainly would like to include more organizations in what we are able to grant. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
13: Yeah, certainly echo that. Just thank you to you and, and the commission for going through all of this process, uh, sorting through all that, evaluating from and trying to make judgments from so many worthy causes and that's 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 a tough that's a tough thing to do so thank you for doing that for and, yep. it's and a lot of us.
26: reading but it's a labor of love and uh it, it makes it all worth it when the grants get uh, uh issued and we get to see the reports back of all the great work that gets done So.
6: And I think it mentioned in the packet that there were, of the seven organizations that were granted, five of them had not been funded by this grant before. Does that sound That's right? correct.
26: Okay. Yep. So cool. there's, there's two repeats in there, you know, <laughs> and we, which are still very worthy projects, obviously. Uh, and we, we are, make a conscious effort to try to steer money towards organizations that have not received city funding before or aren't receiving funding from maybe some other sources that we, that, because it means there are probably projects that would not otherwise happen mm-hmm. if not for this grant. So.
1: Thank you. Yeah, but impressed by the breadth of the of the organizations and the and the different the different communities that will be impacted
15: i I too will say just thank you for doing the work and the commission doing the work This is not an easy task and um you know to be able to narrow it down uh, and I appreciate your suggestion that I think it's just based on what you're seeing mm-hmm. being submitted that there are a lot of there's a lot of good work out there that just didn't the funding wasn't there to provide for them um, but it does reveal how rich you know the the community is in terms of being able to respond to this grant program and that's exciting
26: agreed so yeah we're, we're blessed with a lot of great organizations that are doing great work so yeah
0: any other questions from council thank you so much thank all you all right anyone from the public like to address this topic seeing no one Council discussion?
16: If I'm understanding this correctly, we've got sort of two things for discussion, correct? Didn't Has the money been approved for $150,000? No.
4: no, there's no. $75,000 for these awards. Um, your next year's budget, oh, we did, the recommendation we did for next bump year. it to $100,000 next year. Okay. So the, that's the approved budget. So next time we have a cycle, there'll be $100,000. Gotcha. If you want to fund more than the seventy-five thousand tonight, um, we'll have to find alternative revenues in the budget uh, that to, to cover that. was kind of my question, and I, I can help you navigate that if, if you yeah. want to get into that discussion. But the vote tonight is just on the seventy-five thousand.
16: Okay, I'm sorry, I misunderstood because I understood as well that there was a unanimous recommendation for one hundred and fifty thousand from it's it from HCDC. Right, but it's not ours. Not ours. Yeah, it's just it's part. Okay, never mind. I had a moment there.
0: (laughs) I think the work of um, the commission has been great, as described. And it's always a hard thing to try to determine, you know, which which agencies you're going to grant some funds to when you have so many great applicants. Uh, Some that you you still know could utilize the help, but You know the end of that process stops here um i know we won't get into well i mean it is an agenda item and 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 they have their uh recommendations to council i i i do think you know in the future near future this council could entertain um you know the recommended 150 thousand, and i think we have uh, our black lives matter and one million dollars that we can i uh, probably allocate these funds too. Um, and so that's something that I would encourage this council to think about. And maybe we can um, revisit this with our HCDC H- uh, to see what, you know, uh, to see if, if they will also recommend uh, the rem- remaining of those individuals for the grants.
6: The Human Rights Commission, Mayor
0: yes Sorry. did i say okay. hcdc just want to be clarified. Hey, you okay. know that's, okay. our that's, yeah. that's our next agenda that's our next agenda item <Yes. laughs> thank you yes
16: i'm struck by how um others have said it but i am struck by how well the projects are are actually um, reaching out to different parts of the community and really uh, uh, attending to special need to particular needs and um, as Jason you said, the ones that often really um, hit strongly are the ones that' they've, they've so thoroughly thought through the project and they have such specific and well articulated um, sort of scope of what they want to do and so it's a real pleasure to see the the amount of um, you know scrutiny and, and thought that you all put into it so i mean i i think this is a really representative and rich um inventive of, of um awardees potential awardees i would support this in other
5: words
0: all right roll call please teague yes thomas yes
5: weiner yes alter yes Burgess. yes harmson yes taylor yes
0: Motion passes seven to zero. Item number 18 is council appointments. Applicants must reside in Iowa City and be 18 years of age unless specific qualifications are stated. 18A is a Housing and Community Development Commission. Housing and Community Development Commission one vacancy to fill an unexpired term effective upon appointment through June 30th, 2023 we're going to do this together so we're going to also read 18b which is housing and community Deve- housing and community development commission housing and community development commission one vacancy to fill an unexpired term effective upon appointment through june 30th 2024 and we have gender requirements uh for these a female
17: no nope. nope. none I actually oh. don't, but none. most it's of It's the gender
1: balance date. I am wrong. It's just odd. Past
0: past the both date. of them? hmm yep. Okay, awesome.
1: we will probably end up appointing two females.
0: So none. That makes it a little easier. Yeah. Oof. All right.
6: I'll just jump in. I like the application from Carol Kratz. Um,
14: mm-hmm.
6: And I think I think she should be one of our appointees.
17: I I agree. I, I have I her had,
15: on my short list too. Yeah, I had an asterisk by
17: her name also because I thought um, she seemed to know a lot about the commission mm-hmm. and a good understanding of it, and looked like and sounded like she would be a good
1: fit. I agree. She was also on my short list. Another person on my short list is Elizabeth Maria Kopp. I'm not sure how should pronounce right. her name, but um, has she has served on a different city commission before, on the Public Arts Advisory Commission, but seemed to me to have a lot of relevant um, experience that could, um, that could really benefit HCDC.
17: I, she was on my short list also. I did have a question, though, since she works... Um, through the crisis intervention system, is would that be a conflict of interest at all with the community, if community might receive any sort of support? Nope, because, yeah, I, I liked her resume.
13: Any other? Those were also on my, my short list, so.
16: I'm not necessarily opposed to um, Elizabeth Maria Cap, but I just, some previous experience that I've had with hcdc is um and uh, similarly um actually i brought this up with or we've had discussion about this with um the police review board about the nearness of the work um in terms of volunteering or of career um and that there might be uh, the potential of having that particular point of view flavor the work of the of of that commissioner um so like i said i think she's very qualified but she's has a wealth of experience but i wonder if that would necessarily um serve the commission well in all of its facets um certainly one major component, and I'm reminded from the chair of HRC talking about January being grant reading month, it is absolutely that and then some uh, for HCDC, but that's not the only thing that we're, that HCDC does. And, and um, a lot of times um, in the past when I was on HCDC, we had some really amazing experienced commissioners. Um but I feel like there's the potential that um some discussions could get flavored a bit much with those particular perspectives with people who are very, very close to the work. It's it's a it's a fine tightrope. Um so I just offer that up as something for consideration without saying I'm against this person. It's just something to consider, um, in the same way that we talked about the the closeness um, to the considerations of a commission when we were talking about it on the police review board. Sorry, and I completely
8: It's
0: okay. So right now we have two recommendations, Carol and Elizabeth. Are there any other?
16: I did also have on my short list. Um, I think it was. Um, I cannot remember her first name, but um, Haylet. Jennifer. Yes, thank you. She,
1: she was the third person on my short list as well. I just I I. Um, I personally think we need to be careful about imputing or sort of as- assuming what people can do and what they can't do, and you may well be right, but I think that um, the that it's it's not it's not necessarily our job to make to make assumptions about what someone is capable of how they're capable of separating issues out and and dealing with them um, i so.
0: one thing I will say is that, um, well, there's something to be said about someone being on a commission before. Um, sometimes we do look for people on, on a commission, depending on what type of commission that is. Um, because they may have a little more knowledge to jump in and kind of help that uh, commission along. Um, we do have. You know, two opportunities of names that's been submitted right now that has not been on the commission. Um, And so, you know, I think newness is always um, something that could be welcomed, new perspectives, new ideas. And so I I guess for me, I don't know if there's any more nominations. I haven't heard any, Um, but I would be comfortable with Carol and Jennifer being nominated.
15: Yeah,
3: I am as well. Yeah, I
0: am as well. Yes. Okay. All right. So we have majority for the nominations of Carol Cross and Jennifer Haylett to the Housing and Community Development Commission.
15: No, I thought we were talking about Elizabeth Marilla Cat. That's what I. Oh,
0: I am sorry. I was referring to Jennifer is has not been on a commission. Right. Well, we can take time to step back. Oh, so
15: (laughs) I was just, I was just under the assumption that those were the uh, Elizabeth and Carol were the two we were selecting, but.
0: Okay, so I'll, I'll, uh, I just recommended uh, Carol and Jennifer. So um, if council wants to go a different direction, that's totally up to the majority.
1: Think we everybody it sounds to me like everybody's agreed on and, and carol the question is whether whether it should whether it should be elizabeth or jennifer or jennifer right both of whom seem to be well qualified
13: would it make sense to approve the one we all agree upon and then then work through the second appointment I, just as I, an idea
0: yeah no i i I, sure. I think what we can do is maybe just look at um you know jennifer and elizabeth i mean those are our two options and so If I can just see a show of hands for Elizabeth. Okay, Uh, majority has Elizabeth. So we're gonna go with, and and Elizabeth's last name?
17: Marilla Cap.
0: Marilla Cap.
17: Marilla, M A R I L L A. All right. Cap.
0: So um, we're going to appoint Carol Cross and Elizabeth Marilla Cap. To the Housing and Community Development Commission, uh, can I get a motion to approve, please?
1: Mayor, the terms are different. One ends twenty-three, and one ends ends twenty-four.
0: Yes.
6: Oh. Let's say Carol for the one that ends twenty-four. Okay. Okay. Three.
0: Agreed. Twenty-four. All right. So, can I get a motion to approve Carol Cross with an uh, ending term of? June 30th, 2024, and Elizabeth for uh, ending term of June 30th, 2024, to the Housing and Community Development Commission. I think
6: Elizabeth is 2023. Elizabeth's
0: 2023. Oh, I said 2024 twice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's
6: 2023.
0: <laughs> All right. All right. Can I get a motion to approve?
6: So moved. Seconded.
0: Moved by Weiner, seconded by Burgess. All in favor say Aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion passes seven to zero. Item number 19 is announcements of vacancies new. Applicants must reside in Iowa City and be 18 years of age unless specific qualifications are stated. Civil Service Commission, one vacancy to fill an unexpired term upon appointment through April 7th, 2025. Applications must be received by 5 p.m. Tuesday, May 31st, 2022. Can I get a motion to accept correspondence?
17: I'll move. Taylor. Second, Burgess.
0: All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? Motion passes seven to zero. Item number 20 As announcements of vacancy previous. Applicants must reside in Iowa City and be 18 years of age unless specific qualifications are stated. Airport Commission two vacancies to fill a four year term. Historic Preservation Commission at large, one vacancy to fill a three year term. Historic Preservation and Commission Brown Street, one vacancy to fill a three year term. Historic Preservation Commission Jefferson Street, one vacancy to fill a three year term. Historic Preservation Commission Summit Street, one vacancy to fill a three year term. Housing and Community Development, three vacancies to fill three year terms. Planning and Library Board of Trustees, one vacancy to fill an unexpired term. Planning and Zoning Commission, one vacancy to fill a five year term. Applications must be received by 5 p.m. Tuesday, May 10th, 2022. Airport Zoning Board of Adjustment, one vacancy to fill a five-year term. Airport Zoning Commission, Iowa City Representative, one vacancy to fill a six-year term. Board of Appeals, Building Design Professional, one vacancy to fill a five-year term. Historic Preservation Commission, East College Street, one vacancy to fill a three-year term. Historic Preservation Commission, Jefferson Street, one vacancy to fill an unexpired term. Public art advisory committee, one vacancy to fill an unexpired term. Public art advisory committee, one vacancy to fill an unexpired term. Vacancies will remain open until filled. And we are at item number 21, but USG um, actually spoke um, during our work session. Um, So we will continue on to item number 22, which is city council information
13: uh, if I may, uh, one last uh, reminder, next week is going to be the screening of A Decent Home, a uh, documentary on the uh, mobile home housing crisis in, in the United States, uh, with a focus right here in, uh, in Iowa, in North Liberty. Uh, there'll be two screenings at film scene next week, uh, both at 7 p.m. Uh, the first on Wednesday night, the second on Thursday night, uh, and the Wednesday night showing will be subtitled in Spanish. Uh, for the entire uh, for the entire screening um, and I understand tickets have been on sale and, and, are, and are going uh, quickly. So if you're looking to go probably good to to um, to go online and, and get your tickets ahead of time um, and just uh, um, something that I think is particularly relevant considering our action earlier tonight helping out another group uh, from a mobile home court uh, in Iowa City as we grapple with affordable housing as a, as a community. I
0: did see that that's moving across the state a little bit. It'll be in Dubuque as well.
13: Yeah, so it's going to be in a film festival in Dubuque, Julian Dubuque Film Festival uh, this coming weekend. Uh, There's going to be a showing at Drake University, um, I think the night before it comes to Iowa City, or it's the night after, I forget now which. Um, Yes, but it is is showing in a couple of different places around the state um, in in this coming week. That's all I had
0: any more updates
6: a couple things that i mentioned previously but the cprb the community police review board uh, public forum is tomorrow evening starting at 6 p.m on zoom so you can register online at icgov.org um, and i think the topic is learning about the commission who they are and how to get in touch with them um commissioner harmson mentioned the energy blitz that's happening in lucas farms neighborhood on saturday Uh, if they may still be seeking volunteers also information available on the city website on sunday is the south district neighborhood association's team up to clean up you can sign up online on the south district neighborhood.org i believe is what the website is Um, or just show up with your pair of gloves and uh we'll hand you a trash bag on what time nine okay starting at nine meeting at the mural uh and deploying from there throughout the neighborhood it's also a great opportunity just to walk the neighborhood and pick up trash you don't have to you know even check in with anyone that's always something folks folks can do and then the electric bus bash that was set for friday afternoon has been moved to may 6th i believe um at riverfront crossings park unless it's raining and then it'll be in the chauncey swan parking ramp so make sure folks who had that on their calendar i want to see the giant disco ball with the electric bus as shown in the graphic i think that's at 2
0: p.m on may sixth.
6: 2 p.m thank you mayor that's all i had
1: we had all
0: the highlights great you stole her thunder (laughs) no (laughs) all right anything else
16: i've got one Um, That actually we were all alerted to that the environmental student groups from City, Liberty and West High, they are going to do an Earth Day celebration and it was going to be outside at Chauncey Swan. But if it is going to rain, they're going to move inside to Robert A. Lee. And last I knew that's still on. Right. And that's from 11 to two on Friday. So. I'm going to take my child who is off of school and we're going to go check it out. So, you know, it looks like it should be really cool. Um, Live music, free activities and food for sale. So this seems like and I just I love the fact that this is all the high schools getting together and it's the students. I like that's amazing. So.
0: Right. All right. We'll move on to our city staff reports. Nothing tonight. Okay, city manager, our deputy city manager. Nothing tonight. City attorney.
5: Nothing for me, thank you.
0: Our city clerk. All right, can I get a motion to adjourn please?
6: So moved. Second.
0: All right, moved by Teller, seconded by Weiner. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? We adjourned.